This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. on the heels, first of all, of our food conversation with Mary Mammoliti, talking about that pistachio liqueur uh, that she said we can find at LCBO. Um, Kels, have you tried any of the Baileys aside from the original? No, no, I'm not a big Baileys person, uh, uh, but I can tell you some of the stuff sounds inviting. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, they've got so much now, right? They've got the caramel or salted caramel, and they've got... um, Oh, what is that called? Uh, Red Velvet. They've got all these different ones. I was saying that the Almond Baileys, if you can find it, is very nice because it's lighter. Like, it's supposed to be a lighter Baileys. Lighter cream, lighter fat. I don't know. Yeah, see, that's what I would think, right? Some of the others, like the Red Velvet, no, that wouldn't be my thing. No, too sweet. But the nut ones, for sure. Exactly. Anyways, these are some of the things we get into on Kelly and Ramia. Uh, Mary Mammoliti was sharing a foodie gift guide with us. All very affordable, $50 or under for your purchases. What nice house gifts to bring somebody at this time of the year. Some of the stuff she had, check that Mm. out through the podcast. Folks, we now welcome Laura Bain onto the program from Halifax to discuss some stories from the East Coast. LB, nice to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, Dom. I'm drooling through my segment here. Just uh, excuse (laughs) me for that. That's what we did intentionally, right? Yeah. It, it allows you to, you know, be be drooling while we sit back and don't have to drool and have people say, "I'm oh, drooling over that food still." Ah, oh, God. No. Um, you've got an interesting event going on this weekend in Halifax, um, mm-hmm. and you're going to share with us a, a little bit about it uh, with some really interesting background. What's the event, first of all? That's right. So this event is being put on by the Disability Rights Coalition of Nova Scotia, and they're calling it a community forum and celebration of the systemic human rights remedy. So it's happening this Saturday afternoon from 2 to 7 p.m. at St. Andrew's Hall on Coburg Road. In uh, that's a very central location here in Halifax with good bus access. And uh, there'll be a keynote address, which is what you need to know about the systemic human rights remedy. There's also workshops and small groups to learn about how you can get involved with the work that the Disability Rights Coalition is doing. And then there's going to be time to celebrate um, and just kind of like be in community. And, uh, you know, this remedy, which I know we're going to talk about, is an important milestone. And it didn't say anything about cake. Celebration to me means cake, but I think people will have to show up for themselves and see whether or not that's the case. It is a free event, but they are accepting donations. Maybe they'll have some of that nut Baileys that uh, Rummy was on about. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't count on it. Uh, Probably not, eh? Afterward, go home for that. In the cake? Okay. So you mentioned (laughs) it's to celebrate the remedy. Tell us more about that. Yeah, exactly. So the Systemic Human Rights Remedy, which is just sort of being called the Remedy, is an agreement that's been reached between the province of Nova Scotia and disability rights activists in June of this year. So essentially, it's a five-year plan for deinstitutionalization of people with disabilities in Nova Scotia. So by 2028, residents who are currently living in institutions in Nova Scotia will be living in community and a lot of that is going to be small options homes and these long uh, large congregate living facilities that we have now are going to be closed according to this plan and this of Mm. course is also going to be stopping new people kind of entering into the system from having to go on these long waiting lists and a lot of times that's the reason that people are ending up living in 
in institutions is because they're waiting for a community placement. So I haven't actually had an opportunity to read the remedy yet. I'm sort of assuming it's going to involve a lot more funding and creation of small options homes. I knew, I do know it's available in a number of places, including the Disability Rights Coalition website in plain language, which isn't that so important because yep. um, it just increases that accessibility and particularly for the community of people with intellectual disabilities that have been disproportionately impacted by institutionalization. So I was really pleased to read that part. Yeah, I mean, mm. when we um, go back to the um, uh, Indigenous Communities Truth and Reconciliation Plan, again, that same aspect for me, Laura, going through all the different suggestions, I believe is the word they use to describe this uh, document. And the, the plain English was, I think, the most important part for me that we don't often mm -hmm. mention outright and think about consciously. But yeah, like these are huge, huge agreements, huge um, impactful documents for different communities. And what is the point if we're not making it accessible uh, and legible for the average person to read? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's great because so many of us need to be able to quantify and especially for people to be on board. If it's not necessarily part of your community and you're you're needing to be educated, you need yeah. to be able to uh, connect to it in some way. Um, Laura, we know that some of what was going on in Nova Scotia was being covered nationally in the news, speaking of understanding and bringing awareness. But what is the background on all of this? Yeah, that's right. So folks may have seen some stories in the news about institutionalization and a legal battle in Nova Scotia, and that's because it's going back to 2014. So essentially, Nova Scotia is one of the last provinces in Canada where people with disabilities are still often forced to live in institutions due to lack of community options, uh, such as small options homes that I mentioned. And this is a violation of Canada's obligations as a signatory on the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with disabilities. Um, I don't have that wording in front of me. I have dug into this a lot actually in my schooling program as a bit of a passion area, uh, but essentially it does guarantee people with disabilities the right to live in community. Right. Um, so this started with a human rights complaint by the Disability Rights Co Coalition and three plaintiffs back in 2014, as I mentioned, and these three plaintiffs had been housed for years in a locked psychiatric ward, not because they needed to be there, but because there weren't other options available in the community. So in 2021, a Nova Scotia Court of Appeals agreed with the claim of systemic discrimination. That was an excellent victory, a good moment, but and the province said initially it was going to accept that ruling, but then they turned around and they tried to appeal to the Supreme Court of Canada, which I know felt like a huge slap in the face. But um, the Supreme Court of Canada wouldn't hear the wouldn't hear wouldn't hear the case. Woo mm. uh, so then it was after that time that the province got to work on this what we're calling the remedy. Um, yeah. And then a few weeks ago, the premier uh, kind of surprised the community by making an apology for historic systemic discrimination against people with disabilities, which no one was expecting. And I think it's been really welcome. But of course, action has to follow words. That's it. Yeah. That's right. Like, I mean, even perceiving what the, the smaller circumstances in community might be, you know, there's so much to have conversation over. What side? How many, you know, 
units or, or what are they going to look like? Are people going mm-hmm. to live in what makes them proud, too, of wh- where they are? Not just, well, you're lucky we're, we're, we've put these in place. We, we want to feel proud of our home to be able to have enough mm-hmm. space to, to live, to move, maybe have somebody over. Uh, obviously, we understand there's limits and just like anyone, um, limits to what you can afford and have. So I'm anxious to see what those look like, Laura. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I know we visited a small options home as part of an AMI story that I did back when I was the Halifax reporter. And when we stopped in, you know, the residents were in the process of like making blueberry muffins, right? And they went over to visit a next door neighbor to help with clearing out some trash. So these are things that everybody should be able to experience, you know, having yes. neighbors, just being able to be involved in meal prep, have some decisions over their lives. So very, very important. Nice. Yeah, and dealing with the frustrations of the community on a different levels. So I think the apologies a good start and baby steps, but we recognize that there's got to be much more done. Laura, you have another uh, event that you wanted to highlight that's also for a good cause. Yeah, so this is an online auction for Andrew Jensen, who is a well-known member of the Halifax disability community. They've worked for the Tetris Society. Some people will be familiar with them. They're involved in like adaptations for devices for people with disabilities. Uh, They've also worked for the Accessibility Directorate, working on the provincial accessibility legislation. And so they're in need for a surgery for tethered cord syndrome, and they're traveling to the States for that. So the cost of the surgery, the travel, and an accessibility hotel is going to be about $80,000. So they've been trying to raise money in the community in a few different ways. And this is the largest event that they've had so far, which is the online auction. Wow, so nice. I, I mean, what Tetris does, I, I'm always singing the praises uh, because we know there's so much value, as we see here, for, for so many for so many people, so many options um, and such dedication. What's, what sort of items are up for grabs with this auction? This is the fun part. There's some really, really cool items. Okay, a three-night stay on a private island in New Brunswick with a 45,000-square-foot lake house that accommodates up to 12 people. Excuse um, me. That was the, that's the first one. Like, my goodness. Oh, man. I think this came to the top when I looked this afternoon because it's one of the more popular items. Oh, but clearly. it comes with a private gated causeway, so you don't even need a boat to get there. Uh, and there's also optional housekeeping services. Now, as a maritimer, I would say that might be one if you do bid on that and win it. Save it for the summer. I mean, your choice, yes. but uh-huh. New Brunswick is very nice. Well, the, especially if you want to listen to that water, the, the, those waves banging in there and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. You might want to sleep outside. Oh, sounds That's wonderful. Right. Uh, there's also, there's two signed copies of Elliot Page's memoir, Page Boy. Elliot Page, of course, being a Halifax native. <laughs> there's a custom knit vest with your pet's portrait on it. So who doesn't want that? <laughs> you can pick out your colors and they um, knit it with your pet. There's five virtual counseling sessions with a mental health professional. Mm. I was thinking, well, who doesn't need that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and then there's all sorts of different services. There's, um, you know, massage, tattooing, haircuts, and there's lots of different works of art and things like that. So it's really a very diverse What a variety. Uh, set of I things. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that a lot of people would be down for any slash all of this, which is great because then you're bidding on more than one thing for a cause. Is it just for people in Nova Scotia? 
It's not. So some things like, you know, massage services, uh, tattooing services, for example, are going to be more useful to people who are local. But other things can be shipped across Canada. And what I like about this is that every single item has details about whether the cross-Canada shipping is included or not. And if it's not, Mm -hmm. the winning bidder has the option to cover the cost of shipping themselves. Like if you just really want something and it's not on there. And I also found that everything had pretty good... uh, like descriptions of the items, which is also helpful if you can't see the photos. Wow. What, I mean, these are pretty generous um, items that, that are being contributed for the cause, and I just love it. And I like that little detail. Hey, man, this can be shipped to you here. You pick up the cost or you don't. When is yeah. this happening? So it's happening right now. It's running until December 9th. So if you want to take part, you should move fast. And people can go to 32, that's the number, 32 auctions.com forward slash auction for Andrew if they want to view the items and make the make a bid. Now, I as I say, I looked at this this afternoon. The auction's doing pretty well. So they have a goal of raising $20,000. And right now, it's just at about 15000 So that was really awesome to see. Now, I'm sure they are not going to complain if they raise $40,000. No. So <laughs> I think I'll be getting on there in the next day or so and having a little look to see if there's anything uh, Anything that might interest me. Well, I know there's lots of things that interest me, but <laughs> anything that I want to pick up. Two bar days. Uh, what's this? Yeah, the 7th. So the 9th, it closes. People get in there and, and get picking. I don't know. Of course, that, that, that I mean, the island <laughs> jumps right out. But there are so many other things there that are really great. I just think it's so wonderful when you can talk about whether it's, it's, it's counseling services that you may wish to bid on, whether for you or maybe someone else in life. Uh, you know, even though, like you said, Laura, all of us could, could use conversation, could use someone to talk to. But there's so many other wonderful things to suit anyone's interests, needs um, or desires. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Andrew Jensen does identify as a member of the 2SLGBTQ plus community here. And I noticed that a lot of the services were kind of sensitive to that. And I noticed that for the counseling services as well, that it was with a 2SLGBTQ plus um, mental health professional. So uh, just very inclusive, I think, of, of disability and different identities with the items, which is great to see. Fantastic. Laura, wonderful stuff. We'll talk to you next month. Best yeah, of the season. thanks so much. Laura Bain joining us on the program. We talk to her once a month on the show and kind of get, uh, you know, some of the stories, some of the feel, what's going on out there on the East Coast. It's great reporting, and I always love a good auction for the community. After the break, Mm. we've got a roundtable coming up, and Greg David, communication specialist, can never get enough of Greg. So he's joining us on the roundtable. Kelly McDonald's picked out some topics, and we'll get through them with you on Kelly and Ramia. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 